Hey folks, welcome to a podcast about Catholic things. This is Eric, the Ambassador of Common Sense, and I'm here with... Dan, I'm the Ambassador of Nonsense. Welcome everyone. And I hate to do it, but I think we're going to end up... We're going to talk today about what everybody else is talking about, this new... This short video that Mel Gibson put out. Um, was it like three or four days ago now? Um... Yeah, I never even heard of this until you said Mel Gibson video. And here's what's interesting. I, I, like you said, oh, you gotta watch the video. I went on Google. I typed in Mel Gibson video. None of the links that came up from doing that was the video you eventually sent me. I know. I know. It's a pain. Cause you put a video out there and instead of just, it's weird how YouTube and Google can't figure out that, hey, Sometimes people just want to see the original video. They don't want all this other crap that everyone else's commentaries and everyone else's edits and things like that. So well, I couldn't even find those. I mean, I, I found stuff about his most oh, recent movie and I'm sorry. Okay. old stuff from two years ago and all kinds of stuff. No, you got to add relating to this. You got to add something like uh, Vigano or. Uh, right, which I had no we, idea to do because yeah, I didn't even know okay. what the video was about. All right, well, so okay, anyway. I think in case someone out there hasn't seen it or heard it, we'll go ahead and play that now. And I can't see there being any problem with this because everybody else in the world is doing it. So uh, <laughs> here is what Mel Gibson put out several days ago. Hi, there in Chicago, Mel here, the voice crying out from the wilderness of Malibu to lend that voice to your support and encouragement at your rally today. The Coalition for Canceled Priests. I mean, it's not hard to believe that there is now such a thing, as personally I know many priests uh, who have been canceled. But not for the reasons you'd think. I mean, it's not like they did a hit-and-run drive and left the scene of the crime or embezzled church funds, stole the altar wine, or committed some other heinous crime. No, not at all. And who's persecuting them? Well, their own bishops. How's that? Yep. Who are they? Well, they're a pack of men who generally passively sit by and tolerate any kind of nonsense. But if one of their priests utters something that resembles orthodoxy, well, then they, they spring into action, they reprimand him, and they bully him and do their best to cancel him. And it succeeds. They drum him out of the service, you know. Off he goes. Um, I'm really sorry about that. That's a grave injustice, and it's kind of white martyrdom. And it's nothing new. It really isn't. It's nothing new. Um, and it's a symptom. It's a symptom of a very deep sickness that afflicts the church. It did not happen overnight. Um, if anyone's familiar with the missives of Archbishop Vigano, he says that the, uh, you know, the seeds of erosion of the church were sown at, with the reforms of Vatican II, and I agree with him. He suggests even that we scrap the whole thing and go back and do it the way it was before. And it was a pastoral council, after all. I mean, uh, you know, uh, there was nothing wrong. It didn't need to be fixed. They were doing pretty well, at any rate. And, and you know, I've had my own run-in with the bishops. I mean, who are they? Well, they're... I, I remember when I directed The Passion, I went to the USCCB uh, to get support for the film. And um, those men couldn't get away from me fast enough. And all but a few of them turned their back on me. 
And it was, it was pretty telling about who they were. A pretty insipid bunch. And uh, it doesn't look like anything's changed. Geez, I remember back in the 70s, uh, old priests, good priests, who were uh, bullied and persecuted by their bishops. There was a rash of it back then also, and it was because they, you know, they wanted to maintain what it was that they were ordained to do. They didn't want to go along with the, the new liturgy and the reforms of Vatican II, and uh, so that they were uh, really heavily leaned on. It was never abrogated, the old mass, never, and it still hasn't been. You can't. It's protected by quo primum. Um, but they were bullied and, and badgered and put in insane asylums, and, you know, it, it was pretty sad to watch. And uh, this kind of thing is now happening again. So, And how are we supposed to know the good guys from the bad guys? Well, we were given a standard by which to judge them. You know, by their fruits, you'll know them. By their fruits. Anybody seen any good fruit lately? No, it's tough. And look, I'm a pretty sinful guy. I mean, I'm, I'm as venal as the next guy. But I know the difference between a shepherd and a hireling. And I think that the vast majority of these bishops are just a bunch of hirelings, you know. And my question is, you know, like, who's hiring them? I don't think it's Jesus. I, is it Francis? Who's hiring Francis? Is it is it Pachamama? I mean, I think you need to look at the whole institution. And, uh, you know, I'll quote uh, Archbishop Vigano again in saying that uh, he believes that there was a parallel counterfeit church set up to eclipse the real one. He's suggesting usurpation or an inside job. It seems that way. Uh, anyway, um, of course, we know the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You know, the victory is God's, not ours. And uh, it will flourish if we keep it in our hearts. It can flourish in our hearts and keep the faith. And that's what's going to happen. That's what I encourage you to do. Again, I'm sorry for your, for your pain, the injustice. Um, I'll definitely throw something in the hat. Um, to add my support and uh god keep you and god bless you thank you i don't know a couple things pop out at me i i don't really think this is worthy of a whole lot of conversation but it's getting a lot of conversation so i feel like we should kind of join in on it um now i you know we've known that mel gibson was a kind of a a trad for a long time sorry i'm talking i'm adjusting my mic out of the way while I'm talking and I should have stopped talking before I did that. So no, that, now it sounds like you're, like you're walking away. Yeah. Um, but I mean, okay, wait, I mean, are, it shouldn't we, be that big of a surprise to people what he says but here. Since we're going to, since we're talking about Mel Gibson, are we going to do the dad thing? <laughs> where, where his dad came to visit our house and like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think my dad you told know, our everybody dad, after in that the happened, world. What, what's so funny is that our dad had no idea who Mel Gibson even was. Right. But after he learned this, he would brag to people that Mel Gibson's dad was in his house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Mel Gibson had, I mean, he did the movie, the Passion movies. After mm -hmm. the movies, he admitted that he wished he had been more spiritually prepared um, before he did that movie. So I, I guess what I'm pointing out here is that, yeah, he knows that his movies in the past weren't really, didn't really reflect a the the convictions of a traditional Catholic. And 
that yeah, maybe I mean, you're he's talking about everything sorry for those like, like lethal the, weapon and the lethal weapon movies, the nude things scenes, like Sunrise, things like that. Yeah, <clears throat> but he, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's that big a deal. I don't, I don't, I don't have any trouble calling him a traditional Catholic at this point in his life. He is a traditional Catholic, and he, he's not like he knows all the insider stuff. He otherwise he wouldn't be talking about it. So yeah, it. There's no reason to talk about him like, oh, he's just a Hollywood moron, you know, who who doesn't quite get it. But no, I I, I think what's interesting is that he's a. Uh, I mean, I know a lot of people uh, have come to see him as a. Um, uh, a. A lot of people have have started to kind of down talk him um, as things. You know, the, the kind of the polarization of America and clearly yeah. he's on the more conservative side and that kind of stuff. But I, I, I think what's interesting is that he's he's a, a well-known name who, you know, already has, uh, you know, you say Mel Gibson, everybody knows who he is. Everybody knows who you're talking about. Yeah, except for our dad. And, except for our dad. <laughs> and and what, what he's doing is he's saying... He's saying things that appear to be the sort of common sense reality. Now, yeah. some of the interpretation, okay, you, we might take issue with a little bit of this or that, but it's interesting that he's just kind of like putting it out there. Well, yeah, it seems like this is what's going on. You know, it, it's like, well, yeah, okay, it really does seem like this is what's going on. And here right. he is saying the common sense reality that. A lot of people today will try to say, oh, you're like way off the deep end for saying something like that. Yeah. And more than that, I, I see kind of a, he sees these things, but he's kind of at a loss of words for what's going on. The fact that they have this, um, this gathering of priests, this organization to help priests who have been canceled by their bishops for oh, being yeah. too I looked that up. orthodox. And is the coalition for canceled priests. And he's just kind of, he's, uh, what really? Yeah. He's, he's reacting the way any normal person would react. Even, even a normal person who already knows that good priests are being canceled all over. Yeah. The fact that it's happening enough to where there's a, uh, a group of them now. Mm-hmm. Although um, I, I really do want to. I mean, in in the interest of, I don't know what you'd call it, um, like completeness, uh, due diligence, and so forth. I'm looking at the website, and I can't tell whether it really is a coalition or it's just a guy who put the website up, hoping that it'll grow into a coalition. Yeah. Or maybe like someone who say um, wants to be in contact with canceled priests and is hoping those canceled priests would contact him, like reach out to him and or whatever, right? Maybe form a, yeah a coalition. Seems to be based in Flossmore, Illinois. I wonder what diocese that's in. Yeah, but that's that's. What's his name's 
in, who's in Illinois? Q, 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 I can't say his name. The bad, the really bad bishop. Yeah, so how close for, he's the one in uh, Chicago. Yeah, who is that? So is Flossmore part of the Chicago Diocese, for example? Who is that? I have no idea where Flossmore is. I didn't even know there was a city named Flossmore. Okay, but who's the, um, Cupich? Cupich. Cupich, yeah. Okay. The one in Chicago is Supich. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, it is right there by Chicago. I mean, it's... it's so it's it'd probably be that him. Tiny bit southwest of um, Gary. So You would assume that, that, that there's a whole the lot of diocese. canceled priests right there. Because this I guy's bet. just... This this guy's the worst. Yeah. It seems like everybody in Chicago is, isn't it? You know, because we just recently talked about Bernadine, he was in Chicago too. Yeah, Mister Seamless Garment. Yeah, and I, I guess apparently, uh, Polarchik expected to be sent to Chicago, and yeah, was I, upset that he wasn't. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, hmm. so. Um, anyway, I, I mean the the video itself. I don't think there's anything. I know that he talks about he talks about what Vigano says, and I, I think he kind of misquoted he kind of him a little on bit. It. He doesn't go into it real deep. Yeah, but, but I, I don't he, he see anything. Make a good point. It, it's he doesn't get like into theological. He, it's it's more like common sense, like feet on the ground kind of talk. It's like yeah, Vigano says we should scrap Vatican II. You know, you go back and you look pre-Vatican II. There weren't really any problems to be solved anyway. Why don't we scrap it? You know that kind of. Approach. Well, that's the thing. Okay, he quotes C. Vigano. He says, the seeds were sown with Vatican II. That doesn't necessarily yeah, I, mean that the um, problem started with Vatican II. Yeah, I, mean, I would... Somebody I, had I, to be there to throw the seeds, so... I, I don't know. Yeah, it's like the seed, if the seeds were sown in Vatican II, I I almost would disagree with that. I Obviously, we know people who would disagree with that, Um but it's like, well, if if the seeds were sown in Vatican II, they're they're, you know, it's you're just kind of punting the football a little bit further down the field to to yeah. point out that okay, if the seeds were sown in Vatican II, the soil that those seeds grew in had to be laid down a lot earlier than that. Yeah. Um. The, and I think yeah, there you know, was we've kind of talked work. about that. It, it, there's no way like there was some kind of sudden. You know, change in direction in Vatican II. Whatever it is that was sown in Vatican II was actually there in some form way before that. And Vatican II was a culmination of things, not the beginning of things. But it's not too idiotic to, the to say that it that represents yeah the the blossoming of problems. Yeah, it's not it's not stupid to say, well, you know, this all started with Vatican II because that's when we all saw it. Yeah. You know, right. I mean, yeah, okay, that's, there were that, problems like before like said, that, but that's sort of the feet on the ground common sense view of it. Yeah. It's not, even. I, I'm sure he understands that there was a problem before that. Um, and I'm sure Vigano does too. Um, yeah. Now, as far as scrapping the whole thing, I mean, you know, it, I don't know. What would We're, you scrap? Could you keep Vatican II and scrap the so-called spirit of Vatican II? Because it seems like everything 
that's the problem has to do with some amorphous spirit of Vatican II. Yeah, it's like the magical spirit of Vatican II. If you say, well, show me in Vatican II where where you find a problem with, the Radtrads will come up with like three uh, things, three small things that really are they ambiguous. Kind of, so Yeah, they'll, they'll take those and blow them into like, the, you know, like they like literally make mountains out of molehills with them. And, and we're going over some of the documents uh, on an ongoing basis, especially the one dealing with the mass. And even by this time, we're we're pretty early into the document, and it's very obvious from looking at the document that the mass we go to, every, uh, the mass that most people go to every week now, is not the uh, result of Vatican II. Right. That Vatican II had nothing to do with that because. When you look at what Vatican II calls for, and you look at the Mass, and it's like, well, that's not what this called for. So you can't really blame Vatican II, but it's just, that's when it happened. That's what gave someone the excuse to do all this crap. Um, so I don't know what going back and scrapping the I don't know what that would even look like. And, you know, I, I don't I don't really know what kind of problems were in the church before then. Too. I, when he says nothing was wrong, the church was doing well. I, I, how do you know that? Yeah. Well, you know, it's we didn't have the mass media we have today. Maybe there was still a pretty I mean, you bad had problem. People like, uh, like uh, it's just um, a different problem. I'm th- like Bishop Sheen. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Maybe you know. Maybe that was the problem. Is Bishop Sheen? You know, the, with mass media now, Bishop, people like Bishop Sheen were suddenly able to. Fulton Sheen was like becoming a thing, and and if other people like him were going to be able to do that, and somebody saw that and said, "Well, I, you know, we got to do something about this. We can't have this growing yeah. like that." Uh, you know, so they. But but I kind of feel like there's this. I I imagine. I I bet that that if if you were like able to be a fly on the wall of a lot of uh you know interior meetings of of and conversations between prelates and bishops and cardinals and that kind of stuff yeah i have a feeling that you would find out that the so-called spirit of vatican ii actually existed way before vatican ii it's just that it was underground and what happened was that with vatican ii even though the documents the you know the text on page the the black and white wording didn't really support it it became the precipitating event for the kind of the outing of the so-called yeah. spirit of vatican ii i think that's what really happened yeah and and i i think there were a lot of bishops who were they didn't have the power to do anything about it i would assume i would hope but yeah. i know there were bishops who did not want any who saw the real changes and said, wait a minute, that's not what we talked about, and wanted to do something about it, but were silent. It's like, shut you up, know? this is what we're doing. Yeah, that, that I mean, could be too. They signed Sacrosanctum Concilium, and they're like, okay, yeah, this this looks good, because it, there's, not, it, there's nothing really wrong with it. And then yeah. all of a sudden they come out with this new mass. By then it's too late. They're like, what the hell that's is this? What we signed what? on for? Well, too late. Yeah. The Pope, the Pope promulgated it. You got to do it. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, then he he talked about this in the seventies. The priests that were 
trying to hold on to the tridentine mass and were silenced. I don't, I don't know how much that really went on. You know, they, if you listen to the SSPX, what happened was the few priests who didn't like the new mass went over and became a group called the SSPX and then they were excommunicated and, and that's who they are. I, I don't believe that for a second. No, that's but, not quite the history of it. Um, I, you know, I, I, I hear the claim so often and it's, and it's so laughable to me that we wouldn't have a Tridentine Mass if it wasn't for the SSPX. And it's like, well, what, would we forget how to say it? I mean, <laughs> uh, we wouldn't have a Tridentine Mass. I mean, the SSPX might or might not have a Tridentine Mass, if, you know, but. We wouldn't have a Tridentine Mass if it weren't for people like uh, our mother and yeah, <laughs> people who, who who the kind of people she associated with, who stayed in the church and who fought were not in the, the church. Yeah, yeah. It, it's they like, wouldn't it's go like, oh, to them. SSPX, you know, they, they didn't. They didn't even rely on the SSPX for the things that they did. If they had gone to the SSPX. Then that would mean all the traditional Catholics are gone, yeah. And then we wouldn't have a Tridentine Mass. So um, anyway, he, uh, you know, he goes into how do we tell good from the bad? It's a it's a valid question, and he gives a valid answer. We we judge men by their fruits. Um, <laughs> I know. I like that. It's like okay, wait a minute. You break it down to our Lord's words like that. By their fruits, you shall know them. Oh, all right. Yeah, let's let's look at the fruits. Uh, yeah. Sex scandal, uh, faithful without faith in the Eucharist. Well, the, can you call them the faithful if they don't have faith in the Eucharist? Yeah. What do you? Yeah, they're not quite the faithful. <laughs> I don't know. Then. We need a new word for that. How about bishops uh, and priests um, dealing young men and and yeah, exactly that. Uh, um. You know the the whole growing financial corruption in yeah. the church, and that looks like it's Although, getting you know, worse and worse. Somebody pointed out, I forget who pointed that out. That it's you know there, there's always this kind of link between sexual uh, misbehavior and financial corruption. Mm, yeah, yeah, I can see. I have never done oh. a research myself to see if know. that's true, but but somebody pointed that out. Like you know that may very well be true. Yeah, well, I mean, if you if you're if you're doing things that bad, hold on. Uh, I guess no, I don't. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I guess if you have that much money and if you're already that corrupt, then it's easier to get away with things, and that's why they seem to go hand in hand. Maybe. Um, yeah. But I and here's the thing. Here's what's weird is that um, we brought up the subject of the canceled priests a couple episodes ago. We were mm-hmm. going to do a whole episode on that, and then we kind of focused. And we kind of focused it on one priest, the the guy from yeah. uh, Costa Rica, and then and then just spent time talking about the bishops, who, I mean, they're the problem, and. Um, <laughs> 
So you think it Mel was... listened to our podcast? <laughs> yeah. He heard our podcast. He's like, I'm going to talk about this. <laughs> um, the thing is, I this week, uh, I was taking the kids to, commu- uh, to Mass, and on the way home, I said, you see all them? There's a whole row of young men who are kind of dressed funny. I said, I'm not sure, but I think those are all seminarians. Mm-hmm. And they're were they seminarians, in like black robes or something like that. Yeah, they had robes and funny hair and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's, I said, okay, this tiny parish, um, there's a whole row of seminarians up there, and you could tell that they're probably all going to be priests, maybe good priests, um, just by their reverence for for the mass and what's going on around them. Um, now. St. John the Baptist, where my old parish was in Harrison, Ohio, Mm -hmm. it's a big parish. There's a lot of people. They had one seminarian. Now, hold on. Um, St. John the Baptist, was that the one that had that wall in front of the tabernacle? The very decorative, nice-looking wall. No, that was uh, St. Joseph in Cleves, Ohio. Okay. Okay. Now they, I don't know though, because they rebuilt the church. They built a new church and I have not been to the new church and Mm -hmm. I have a feeling I don't want to. I think, I think maybe they did the same thing there. They, so St. John the Baptist, is that the one your daughter was married at? Mm -mm. St. Joseph is where my daughter was married. Okay. All right. St. John the Baptist is where I was married. Oh, okay. I do. I remember that then. Okay, which it looks like a small church, but, but they would have parish. like four ma- four masses, uh, no five mass six six masses per Sunday if you include Saturdays, that and they were they all pretty much packed. That's, yeah. yeah, that's that's a it, it, the church is small, but the parish has a lot of people. Yeah, uh, and in that they had one one guy who was. In the years that I went there, I only saw one seminarian who was going to become uh-huh. a priest. Oh, I'm just, okay. It just occurred to me, that's the fruit of the Novus Ordo. Yeah. That's you go true. to the Tridentine Mass, and I see a whole pew full of uh, seminarians. You know? I, yep. I just It occurred to me that that is the fruit of those two Masses. And... Um, and we can certainly see the fruit of these men we are calling bishops. And, you know, he, he, he asked the question, who is hiring these guys? Is it Francis? Yeah, like and then he said, who's the hiring Francis? Shepherds and hirelings. <laughs> right. Who's hiring them though? Who's hiring Francis? <laughs> and then he mentions Pachamama. Cause that's yeah, what it seems Pachamama? like. The Pachamama. Yeah, it's, I mean, you know, he's just kind of, kind of, Almost just doing like word association at that point, but yeah. right, you know, the question is: Is the devil hiring our bishops? And it sure yeah. seems like he is. I don't know what else you would. Yeah, I, I, I almost wonder because because I didn't think of this until you just said it. But this this whole, I, I keep, I don't know. It's weird because ever since this motu proprio, I keep seeing new angles of this thing, and you just pointed out a new one. One of the fruits of the new mass is a drop in 
vocations to the priesthood, or at least in men yeah. answering those vocations to the priesthood. Well, is it possible that, okay, maybe in the diabolic mind of Satan, but maybe even also in some of the minds of, of cardinals and bishops and who knows, maybe a pope or two, um, that this is a way to get people to open up to the idea of women priests. It's like, Oh yeah, if we, we need get priests. The, the we need them. vocations to the priesthood to drop to such drastic levels, and then say, "Well, you know what? This is why we need to have women." And then everybody accepts it. Now, I mean, the Holy Spirit will keep the church from actually doing that, but that doesn't mean that it's not in the minds of those who are so insistent that the traditional mass has to be completely stamped out. Right. Yeah. Well. Um... That's what we're seeing. I but the weird thing is that Francis came out with that uh, that canon change that was going to excommunicate well, yeah. I, anybody who attempts to ordain a woman. Was that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. And anyone who attempts to, and the woman he, herself. I don't know. You know, the, the, Pope Francis is such a weird bird. I yeah. always wonder if there's like two Pope Francis's or something. You know, like there's Pope Francis, and then the Pope Francis that uh, is still controlled by the Holy Spirit, who says, "Yeah, you need to do this." I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. It's a, it's almost like he's he's like a dual personality, or he has some kind of a doppelganger that steps in and does it. it it's like it's almost like there's the normal Pope Francis, and then this doppelganger that steps in and does these protective things once in a while like like the excommunication when of of trying to ordain a woman to the priesthood yeah I, I, I almost think of that as the doppelganger because it's out of character with everything else Pope Francis does I guess at this point we could just thank God it's there yeah yeah because you know how, however it is it put the nicks on a lot of Probably things that were going on. I don't think he would have done that unless he knew that something was something was in the going to happen. Yeah, and something. Some people speculate that it had to do with like German bishops and stuff like that. And, yeah, and maybe it did. I don't know. Well, not, I know I'm that not a German, so I don't know. They were told they can't bless gay unions, and they but they kept went ahead and did anyway. that anyway. Uh, I don't, like, oh, I don't wait, think tell, any of those were we laicized. Uh, yeah, that was one of those where it's it's like they sidestepped it by saying, "You can't tell us we can't bless gay people." Oh well, we'll just bless them. You know, they'll they'll happen to be there together, but we're just giving a blessing to each one individually. Yeah, it's like really that you know. You're... <laughs> yeah, but even then, it's like why did you know? I guess his his own uh, CDF came out with that thing, but. Again, that itself is like uncharacteristic, right? Of him, it, I I don't know. It's weird. I keep. It's like you look at at the pontificate of Pope Francis, and there it seems like there's two of them. Yeah. There's... Now I know I know people have explanation. Oh, it's really just all about his ego and that kind of stuff. I I don't know. It it doesn't feel like that's the whole story to me. I wonder if. Uh... I'm not, well, Benedict I'm not proposing, is, is you know, doing uh, something from behind the scenes, or oh, yeah, that could be. I don't know. 
I, I'm not mm. I'm not suggesting that there really is a, a some kind of a conspiracy behind this. I'm just saying that it's weird. I don't it have is an weird. answer. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, then and he the goes back I've to heard don't satisfy me. Right. Yeah. So then he goes back to Vigano and he brings up the way he phrased it. He says something about Vigano again. And he says he says I don't know. It seems like there is a counterfeit parallel church yeah, that eclipses I, the real one. Yeah. Again, that yeah, you know, you know, from from boots on the ground, it looks like that. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, it's, that, that's what I kind of like about the thing. It's not like he's giving some kind of he's not he's not presuming to give some kind of uh, deep ecclesia or theological analysis or anything. He's just saying, sure, looks like this. Yeah. Now. Okay, I I can I can see how you would see when you hear someone say counterfeit parallel church that eclipses the real church you could say well this is this is the something like the SSPX or one of those crowds saying we're the real church and you guys are in a fake church and I don't think that's really what it's saying no, and I don't think that's really even what Vigano is hinting at or what Mel Gibson is thinking about. Right. Yeah, I went back and read some of the things that Vigano, what he actually said. And he said, uh, uh, there's an eclipse that obs- obscuring the Church of Christ, superimposing over it an anti-church of heretics, corrupt men, and fornicators. To me, that does not suggest that there's a real church and a fake church and that the real church is like a secret one that no one knows about. That's not what that tells me. That sounds more like he's saying that the sinfulness of men, that the the sinful inclinations of men have taken a hold of those who are supposed to be the shepherds of the church and that is eclipsing the holiness of the church that is supposed to shine through their um, uh, shine forth through their right. um, commissions. That, right. That's what it sounds like to me. And, we still have I, the I church. Mean, said, that's exactly what's happening. Yeah, it's still there. It's still the same thing. It's still what we've always seen. It's just that there's a lot of sin that paints it red now and makes it ugly. Yeah. Um, or makes it look ugly. I mean, when, when, when you got a pope like we have, or especially if you have bishops like we have, especially if you're on the outside looking in, you look at that and think, well, that's just disgusting. I would never be a part of that. Um, that's, I don't see how you can get anything other than that. Now, he did say, uh, well, it's really almost saying the same thing. Another quote, he says, for 60 years, we have witnessed the e- eclipse of the true church by an anti-church that has progressively appropriated her name, occupied the Roman Curia and her dicasteries, dioceses and parishes, seminaries and universities, converts or convents and monasteries. The anti-church has usurped her authority and its ministers wear her sacred garments. It uses her prestige and power to appropriate her treasures, assets, and finances. I still think that says basically what you just said. Yeah. 
I don't think that means that he thinks there's this other church that's been building up in secret and like like they're going to come in in the end and save us all or yeah, anything but, like that. It's Yeah, I it still doesn't yeah, that, I don't think Vegan is proposing that there's like somehow a hidden structure of the real church that's, you know, biding its time or anything like that. Yeah. Okay. So we're on the same page as that. That's what I hear some people like who are close to the SSPX crowd who seem to think, oh, wow, that this is what he's saying. And, um, you know, he's given more credence to our side. Uh, History and everything. Yeah. And then other people who are closer to the opposite end saying, well, Mel Gibson is trying to promote a schismatic uh, uh, church. And I don't think either of those things are true. I think he's just, right. this is what it looks like. Yeah. And that is what it looks like. That's what it looks like to me. Yeah. It's gross. It's terrible. I don't think Mel Gibson's doing anything other than saying, you bishops that are keeping your priests from from being orthodox and 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 Catholic, you should be ashamed of yourselves. You're you're you know you're you're acting like the whore of Babylon. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, and he's, I, I he's think lamenting that's all Mel Gibson is saying. Yeah, he's just. I mean, it's terrible. We come in here almost every week and do the same thing. Yeah, but I I do believe you can't leave the church, you, and if. And if Pope Francis comes out and says no more Latin Mass, again I'll say we, then we can't go to the Latin Mass. It's just mm-hmm. until another sucks, Pope comes and but, changes it, which I think I think will happen. If if I mean you got to trust in God at some point and just mm-hmm. say yeah it's bad right now, but it's it will get yeah it will turn around it will get better it will resolve it will you know Christ's uh, Sacred Heart will triumph. Yeah. That's another thing is he ends with the whole gates of hell uh quote. Oh, that's right. He did do that, didn't he? And he says the church will still be there and he says it will flourish. Flourish. Um Yeah, it, not just survive but flourish. Yeah, and if it's a secret church then it's not flourishing. So I don't think he means that there's a secret church. Right. No, I I think I think he's kind of he's taking it in the same Spirit that Vigano is intending it. Yeah. At least that's what I heard. Okay. Well, um, that's all I got to say on that. Is there, <laughs> you got anything else on there? It's kind of short. No, for I us. mean, that's all I've got to say on it, except that I, I was just reflecting that it, you know, God has, you know, God's providence works in, you know, from a, from outside of history. I mean, God works yeah. inside of history, but his providence works from outside of history in order to guide history. And obviously, the defection of the church would be Satan's greatest victory. He'll never be allowed to have that victory. Um, he'll always be denied it. And he knows that people like us are pointing out that he'll always be denied it. That doesn't keep him from going after it. But yeah. here's the thing. Um, in, in, greater, in, in the allowance of the greater glory of God, if, if you look at the various 
crises of the church, the moral crises of the church. I mean, you had the age of Arianism and that kind of stuff and um, various times where the church has has gone corrupt, either doctrinally or morally. Um, yes, it does seem like this is one of the worst ages because you've got this this sort of part doctrinally, part morally, uh, not just a, hey, we're going to adopt a false doctrine on the part of the bishops, not just, oh, we're going to go be immoral, which they have been on the part of many of the leaders of the church, but almost a adoption of an attitude that says the doctrine doesn't even matter. We're just going to allow people to do what they do and we're going to be okay with it. And, you know, but the yeah. thing is this, um, God allows things to happen in history according to what his true faithful can handle within that period of, of history. In today's world, we've got the whole, you know, uh, massive, we, we've got the internet and all the mass communications and, all of that kind of stuff. And that has become something of a powerful weapon for the forces of evil, including those forces within the church itself. But this is also the day when anybody who wants to, anybody who has an inkling of, hey, wait a minute, I want to make sure that I'm true to that which Christ has taught throughout the ages. They can jump on the internet and they can find the ancient documents of the church and the ancient uh, dictates of the various councils and they can read the histories and they can read the writings of the, um, the, the fathers of the church and so on and so on. There's, it's, it's easier than ever to right. discover the ancient tradition of the church as a uh, remedy for the modern corruption that's going on within the church. And so I kind of think that, that even though this is in a sense, the worst that, you know, crisis the church has maybe been in historically speaking, it's also happening within that time of history when those who want to remain faithful are most able to find the things to edify themselves to do so. Yeah. So you think I just about, think of it uh, as, another flourishing of God's providence. What if this had happened, what's going on right now, and I don't mean just breaking with small things here and there, but what's what's happening right now, what if that had happened in uh, Europe in the 1200s or whatever? Yeah. The, the loss that most people would be at, they would have no real way to connect to the truth. Right, right. And or what if it had happened in the 1930s and 40s? Yeah. Well, it, I mean, a lot more know, newspapers. The, the forces of evil have mass communications radio at their fingertips, but the faithful don't have an internet to jump on and say, "Wait a minute, what? What? Yeah. You know, what would Saint Cyprian say about this? What would you know, Saint Basil? What would right? There would be no way to do that. Yeah. And there's so much out there now. There's so many people looking into these things constantly. Yeah. Where there yeah. wasn't a long time ago. So I, I, I am, uh, I know when I see the overall play out of history, 
I find myself more and more not being all that disturbed. I, other than in, in small ways. I get disturbed about the possibilities of, wait a minute, okay, these forces of evil, they might be influencing my children and leading yeah. them astray. It, it's that kind of right. thing that bothers me, not the overall direction of history. Certainly. Okay. Well, let's talk about news. All right. Uh, the president of Kenya declares a state of uh, disaster due to the drought that's affecting the country. Mm-hmm. So there's drought in Kenya. Uh, not far away from there, there's floods. There's floods and droughts and earthquakes and all kinds of stuff. Um, the Irish Department of Health announces that people 80 or over... Um, and nursing home residents of 65 or older will be receiving the mRNA COVID-19 vaccine, will receive a booster mRNA COVID-19 vaccine, regardless of which vaccine they got first. I don't quite understand that. Does the booster help someone who didn't get that vaccine? I don't know. Because other than that, uh, if it if it doesn't matter which one you got first, then why did you have to follow up with your second shot as being the same one as yeah. the first shot? That doesn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah, there's more and more that just keeps coming out that's so suspicious about this whole vaccine. I, I keep calling it the vaccebo. There's, yeah. It's like, I, I, I really am beginning more and more to suspect that this has nothing to do with the disease or with medicine or with COVID and that all it is is a um, a compliance test. It's it's a way to, to see are we, you know, do we have a population that's ready to be compliant and do whatever we tell it to do? I, yeah. How, how else can you explain the goofiness behind this, all of this stuff? Yeah, they don't even try to make it sound reasonable anymore. They just say the dumbest things and, and Yeah, get the vaccine they... because then you'll feel better but no, you'll still spread the disease, and you can still get the disease. You might not get it quite as bad if you have the vaccine. No, you still have to wear a mask, and you still have to social distance, and that yeah. kind of stuff. But uh, it's like, really? What? Then what's the point? Well, because you because you might not get it as badly if you do get it, and then you, you know. I, I don't, don't understand there's... how there's anyone not red pilled at this point. I know. How, how it's do you crazy? How do you accept these things and just keep swallowing it whole? Yeah, well, we've Doesn't we've talked on this podcast before about how deep the human drive to be ruled by someone else is. We see, you know, we saw it in is, ancient Israel when they desired a king. Be, I know, just because their neighbors had kings. But it's it's so foreign to my nature. <laughs> Mine too. That's what I it's just, like. <laughs> it's, it's always hard like, for okay, me to is, there, is the whole human race different are we a different species <laughs> yeah it, it doesn't make any sense to me I no matter what they come out with I have a fight with I can't stand anyone telling me what I ought what to, to do. be doing and it's yeah. like I don't understand these people who just it's like they feel lost if somebody's not telling them when to go to the bathroom, when to go to yeah, bed. It's weird. It's like, 
I, I love the description, the biblical description of Israel before the kings. It said there was Israel had no king and each man did as it seemed good for him to do. Yeah. It's like, why? Why does wow. everybody want to live that way? I don't that get it. That seems like the perfect way. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, so, okay. Do you remember November 2015? There were a whole bunch of... Uh, kind of organized terrorist attacks in Paris. It was like right before Christmas, I remember. Yeah. Um, It was a big deal, but the trial for the people who are accused in those attacks is starting. Oh, they're finally getting around to it. Yeah. It's supposed to be the biggest trial in the history of modern France. Mm -hmm. I don't they let all these people in. What did they think was going to happen? <laughs> I mean, they come from an area where that's what rules is terrorism. That's yeah. how people are ruled is through terrorism. Uh, which, uh, well, we'll go ahead and jump to that now. Uh, the What's going on in Afghanistan? Um, oh, so the American flights carrying evacuees from Afghanistan are suspended for now because of four of the Afghan refugees having measles. So I don't oh, you I don't know where they are where they're going like if they're just I don't know where they're keeping them until they bring them here but the refugees that we've decided to accept are on pause because four of the people who came in had measles. Because four Weird. people had measles? Measles. I, I so, mean, I wouldn't have been surprised if you had said COVID or something like that, which would be equally right. stupid. But measles? Yeah. We're able to detect and quarantine measles. We don't need to stop flights because people have measles. Yeah, that's the thing. Most people here in America have been vaccinated for that and would be... I mean the MMR vaccine. It wouldn't care about measles. Okay, they have measles. Even at worst, you just bring them in and quarantine them for a while. But generally, all the doctors and nurses taking care of them are going to have been vaccinated. Mm -hmm. I don't see any danger of it spreading. But oh well. Um, The Office of the United Nations High Commissioner for Human Rights. United Nations High Commissioner for Human Rights says that Taliban response to peaceful marches has been increasingly uh, increasingly violent. Yeah, really? Uh, Authorities are using live ammunition, batons, whips, and has resulted in death. There's a bunch of people that could have said that it was going to go that way and did say that it was going to go that way. Yeah. We knew we knew this was going to happen. I don't... I don't know. That, that I don't know if like there was a... I don't know. On yesterday's weather. Yeah. Um, so the Taliban education minister announces there's going to be some restrictions on education for women and girls, including gender-segregated classrooms and mandatory hijabs, hijabs, 
What is that word? H i j a b a. Yeah, the, the thing they have to wear that covers their face. Oh, that like they that. they have to cover their face. Okay, that's not yeah. a huge deal. That to me isn't a huge deal all by itself. I'm in favor of gender separation for like education of high school students. Yeah. Okay. I I went to an all boy high school. I liked it. There were things we could do that would not be appropriate to do if there were girls around. I know girls right. that went to all girl high schools. I think they get along just fine. Um, I mean, we don't make our girls yeah. wear hajibs or whatever they are called, and I don't think they should. But but the fact yeah, whatever saying, that's what okay, they do. Yeah. Now here's the thing: we don't put our girls into an all girl high school and say you're not allowed to learn the special things the boys are allowed to learn. Yeah, you can't learn math and <laughs> you <know>? science and. <laughs> I have a feeling that's what that's will really, happen, though. I think that's what the what the um, Taliban are probably doing in Afghanistan. Yeah. Uh, United States will send $64 million in aid to Afghanistan. I don't get that at all. Who's going to They're basically giving $64 million to the Taliban. Because that's yeah, who I controls mean, Afghanistan. You, you, you can't send money to... It's not like you can wire money to individuals in Afghanistan, right? I mean, you you could, but not really. It's you know the the infrastructure's just not there for them to be able to get it without the Taliban being involved. This is money yeah. going to the Taliban. United Nations begins a fundraising event to collect six hundred million dollars in emergency funds for various Afghani agencies by the end of the year. Again. I, I think that money's pretty much going to go to the Taliban. And who knows whether it'll get end, you know, end up being used for its purpose. Yeah. Well, we know it won't. Yeah. I shouldn't say who knows. Um, so, United States District Judge Yvonne Gonzalez Rogers rules that Apple Incorporated cannot stop mobile app developers from directing users to third-party payment options. That's a big deal. That is a big deal, but I don't quite understand how yet. This was a lawsuit on the part of... Uh, this was the the game company. Um, shoot, who was the game company that was, was spearheading this? But basically... You get these games, and you have these games online. It's like, okay, I'm going to... You're playing the game. And then you have what are called in-game purchases. Okay, I've seen those. Okay. Now, the thing is, once you're playing the game, the idea is that, okay, those in-game purchases are entirely between you and the game, and the game can use whatever infrastructure it wants to use according to that game's own designers to handle those payments and to make those happen. Well, Apple was saying, no, you're not allowed to do it that way. You have to make all in-game payments go through us. Oh, okay. And so this is, it sounds like this is shutting that down, which is a good thing. Yeah, that is a good thing. So... I knew okay. this lawsuit was in play. My kids talk about it. Yeah. They are aware of such things. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 
Russia has completed the uh, construction of that natural gas pipeline from Germany. Um, of course. The the flow of uh, gas cannot begin until they get approval from German regulators. Um, I remember when uh, Germany decided they were going to buy from Russia. Uh, mm-hmm. Trump was pretty ate up over it and criticized her for that. And but now, now they're going to do that. They're buying. They're buying energy from they used to say it was an enemy but oh well yeah i guess we do it too so uh um, yeah uh, enemy what's that <laughs> yeah china uh the sierra pacific synod of evangelical youth lutheran church in america elca installs a uh megan roar as their bishop, uh, this is the first openly transgender and non-binary bishop in any major Christian denomination. I can't remember what non-binary means. That means non-binary. Oh, that means that you don't uh, you don't accept the idea that your your sex is male or female. That would be binary. Yeah. You're either male or female. And you okay. say, oh well, but your sex is actually something. Other than male or female, so it's not binary. It's it's not just a one or this or that kind of option. It's okay. So here's I can never question. tell if these things. Is this a boy who thinks he's a girl or a girl who thinks she's a boy? I can I never know, tell. But but here's here's the thing. If a guy, let's say in the Catholic Church, a guy decides that he's a woman. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just, I just thought of the most twisted test case for Pope Francis's change in canon law. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. Decides he's a woman, and then as a woman goes to be ordained, does the Pope Francis canon law apply to that or not? What a stupid mixed up world we lived in. You know what? It's fun. just the other day. I don't know. Um, I don't know what made me think of it. You, you ever hear of a movie called The Year of Living Dangerously? No. I've never seen it, but I've heard the title. The Year of Living Dangerously. Okay. Anyway, um, that title somehow like, like just sort of juxtaposed in my head with 2020. Um, and actually, I'm almost beginning to think 2021 is better for this. But just 2020 itself, uh, I just thought of the year of living stupidly. Yeah. Because that's what it's been. Yeah. I think in terms of day-to-day life, at least here in Indiana, we're beyond that now. No, you know, we're, we're not really living stupidly anymore like we did in 2020. But anyway... Everybody um, got stupid in 2020. It yeah. was so weird. Hopefully, it was so weird. Yeah. We could have looked back at that as like, wow, that was really a bad Those year. people were really dumb. Like, the whole it's world like, went dumb. Know, the, the Russians, like, like you know, smoke-bombed us with, with, I don't know, pot bombs yeah. or something. I don't know. 
Um, a Dutch court rules that Uber drivers are entitled to the same employee benefits afforded to taxi drivers. Ooh, I'm not sure that's, that I like that. That's so bad. Yeah, because but the whole a, point about Uber was that it doesn't fall under those same kind of regulations. If you're going to start putting it under those regulations... That well, then you're, it's you're just, just another taxi company. Yeah, you're starting to just chip away at what made Uber so great to begin with. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah, that's 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 a bad thing. So that's okay. in that's just a Dutch. So. Oh. I don't know. How? how I don't much know, will, that wouldn't apply America. to America or anything. Yeah. But, um, you know. I hate to say this. If I were Uber, I would say, you know what? We're out of here. That's true. You just... A bunch of people just lost their jobs. This is in Holland, right? You said Dutch? I guess. I mean, that's a tiny country. Yeah. They can leave it. Okay, yeah, whatever. Uber. We'll have Uber everywhere else, and then we'll have Uber Holland that is another taxi company. Yeah. North North Korea confirms that it has tested a new long-range cruise missile capable of carrying nuclear warhead. The missiles are a strategic weapon of great significance, according to their uh, local state-controlled media. Well, it is North Korea, so we don't know if it's true. Yeah. But if it is true, that is significant because... Assuming they could get a hold of nuclear warheads or produce them, I, I don't know right. how long range they're talking about, but that could in, in, include the United States. That could, but here's the thing: they're just saying that they've te- it's a claim. Uh, now, that they've tested in the, the same week, yeah, in the same week, North Korea demonstrates two short-range ballistic missiles missiles that land just outside of Japan's territorial waters. Uh, Two hours later, South Korea demonstrates a submarine-launched ballistic missile. Um, Comments made during the South Korean launch immediately draw condemning remarks from North Korea's Kim Yo-jong. I don't know who Kim Yo-jong is. If he's some other, some dignitary or something, but... Oh, that's probably the... That's the guy's sister, ain't it? Does... Okay, has Biden weighed in on this at all? No, not that I can see yet. I mean, obviously it's going to draw condemnation from North Korea. But I would much... I, I mean, I would... Welcome South Korea's ability to defend itself against North Korea. Right. Uh... Hurricane Nicholas makes landfall just after midnight. Um, This is the second hurricane to make landfall in the U.S. this season. Uh, It came in and then went northeast, moving towards communities recently hit by Ida. Hold on, where did it uh, make landfall? Was Was it on the coast or like in the Gulf? I have not been well, tracking. It's not hurricanes. telling me. I have not either. So it comes in at Louisiana. Oh, so it is because, Gulf. 
through bat. Yeah, it goes through the golf. Okay. So is it still out there? That's Friday at 7 a.m. Okay, this is last week. I think it's over now. It didn't, oh yeah, it didn't go. It Especially the, out. And, it's okay. So, and then it moved northeast from there. Yeah. Okay. I mean, like like some thunderstorm so, we had last night might have gotten might have been like a yeah a remnant know, remnant of it. Yeah, that's even that much. Um, yeah. At the end of a European summit, a uh, European Union summit, representatives threatened to fine Poland on a daily basis and then withhold part of the EU's budget from Hungary over their laws against the LGBT communities. Their laws are oh. not against the LGBT communities. Their laws tell schools you're not allowed to talk to the children about gays. Yeah. Those, if I understand it right, those are the only laws. It's just, you don't need to be telling kids this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's... But, I mean, that that's the... I mean, the whole LGBT PQZ... Everyone has um, to accept LGBTQ us. PZ, uh, agenda is to normalize it for kids. That's why yeah. things like uh, drag queen story hour are so important because they need to normalize it for kids in order to yeah. um, groom kids for pedo. The, the P part of LG, LGBTQPZ. The P this goes all the way pedo. back to Heather has two mommies. Or was it yep. daddies? I can't remember. Um, let's see. Arizona, Arizona Attorney General Mark that's got to be a misspelling. You know what? Arizona Attorney General files a lawsuit against Joe Biden and his administration over the vaccine mandate. Uh, this So that makes Arizona the first state to fight back on this vaccine mandate. I'm liking Arizona. Mm-hmm. You know that's that's one of those things. This this mandate, by the way, that the, that you're talking about, this is the one where Joe Biden said that through OSHA, um, he's going to enforce a requirement that every business, every yeah business, I guess, that employs more than a hundred people is going to be required to require yeah. their employees to be vaccinated. Yeah. Um, can you? Th- I mean. He just kind of dropped this out of the air. There's no way. I mean, think of the number of businesses in the United States, throughout the United States, that have between 100 and 1,000 employees. Yeah. And the paperwork that would be involved just to try to track them down. Yeah, I know. And and verify all this stuff. That's ridiculous. Well, the problem is that a lot of them will do it anyway. Well, a lot of them will do it anyway, but a lot of them won't want to. And so, is the federal government really going to say all you have, all you people have to go home? You're suddenly out of a job. We're closing your business down. That's no, going to make the Democrats very unpopular. But most business owners are going to just do it. I don't agree. I think, I think they, most mega business owners like Microsoft would just do it. No, but a they, lot of those, I, a lot of small businesses aren't gonna, 
aren't going to be so eager. They were pretty eager to push that mask on to people. I don't know. I don't think all the small business owners were. Well, I guess I go to a lot of places, and it was like... I guess you're right. There were a lot of them. They would have signs on the door say, mask required after this point, and then you go in, nobody's wearing a mask. And there were, a, I there were at saw least a lot a of them where everybody that I was. went in, and the guy's like... He's like apologizing. Like, yeah. you know, he's like, man, I, I'm so sorry, but I've had the sheriff coming in here and he's just looking to be able to give me a ticket over this stuff. I got to ask you to put a mask on. I've had guys do that to me. I've had guys do that and I've had guys who seem very happy to tell me to put a mask well, on. There's that. I'm sure there are some. But, you know, the other thing is that a lot of these businesses, okay, let's say you've got 150 employees. It's like, well, okay. Let's just, on paper, split the company up into two companies. Everything's yeah. going to work the same way, but now we're two companies. Each one employs 75 people. Mask mandate no longer matters to us. 30 bucks to file with, the, uh, um, with our state's Secretary of State. And yeah, it could be a nightmare it. paperwork, though. I don't think when, it's that when it bad. It's time to claim paperwork. taxes and stuff like that. Yeah, okay, that's true. That's true. Because then you're, 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 whatever firm you you have, do your various. Because most businesses that size, once you get to more than about 15 employees, you're going to be hiring some firm to do your accounting for you, yeah. and your payroll, and your taxes, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so it might be okay, you got to pay, each side of it has to pay their own fee for us to do that. Okay, yeah, that might be a little bit. But anyway, it's a weird... I think it's a weird um, mandate, and I don't think it's necessarily as forcible as maybe Biden imagines that it is. It'll be interesting to see. Um, (laughs) Isn't that the one that the Babylon Bee, like, right after came out with a... um, you know what the Babylon Bee is. They always have like... I know joke, what it is. I never headlines. see any of their stuff, though. They came out with one that said, Biden announces civil war. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. California heads to the polls to determine whether or not to keep uh, That's Governor, right, Newsom. Governor Newsom. And he won. So, oh, he won. They kept him. Yeah. I didn't realize. Okay. How, what was the margin? I didn't look at that, but I don't think it matters. I I don't think the vote was anywhere close to fair. I don't... I That's just true. don't believe in California's votes anymore. Because, I, I mean, with California, who knows what voting system they... Did they use diamond machine? What was the, the, the machines that, that all of the... Uh, those questionable counties used the the diamond yeah. voting machines or whatever. They they probably use I those can't in remember California. the name of them. Yeah, and they they do voter uh, harvesting there. They they've got yeah, all they've, kinds of. They've got there hasn't been an the, honest election. All the liberal leftist techniques for make, swinging a vote. The, the things that they used to steal the election uh, from Trump. All of those started in California, and they've perfected it there. Yeah. No one decent is ever going to rule California again without some kind of miracle. 
so Russia demonstrates the use of unmanned ground vehicles in combat formations. Uh, they were doing they some like kind tanks? of military exercise. Uh, I mean, there's attract like vehicles. Yeah, I guess so. It says attract vehicle equipped with a 30 millimeter cannon, okay. machine gun, and anti tank missiles. Okay, Wait, that's you broke them already. My daughter keeps breaking her glasses. All right, well, I'll... Do you see the little bend? Yeah, I might be able to fix that. Right here, if we have some, like, wire, like, pliers or something. Yeah, put them on my table. No, I know where. Well, then after I'm done, I'll see if I can't fix them. But they might break. Maybe you should order another pair. She loves breaking her glasses. Who She does it like Bella. See, here's his thing. I don't know. <laughs> My kids, you know, okay, you get glasses. You go to the doctor. They do an eye exam. Then they give you a piece of paper. That's yeah. your prescription. You have a prescription. You go somewhere else. You go to Walmart. Well, not Walmart for you, but you go somewhere else, buy your glasses. Well, Vicky would. But here's the thing. She imagines that prescription the same as a script for, like, medication. And I'm like, Vicky, those are just numbers. That's just so you know what to order. You yeah, can so go anywhere and you can you can get you do, you don't you can need do the actual prescription. Yeah. Yeah. I kept telling them that and they wouldn't believe me. So finally she's like she broke her glasses and Vicky's trying to arrange, well, okay, we can get to wherever and then do this and that and I'm like, guys, just Go online and nobody would listen to me. So I did it. I went online and, glasses. and I bought a pair of glasses for like 30 or 40 bucks and they got there in the mail and Vic and Bella was excited. She's like, Oh, I like these because they're so much better than the cheap ones that we get because we can't afford decent ones. 30 or 40 bucks. I'm like, See, I told you. But she stepped on them. And now they're oh okay bent. okay so now you got to go order another thirty dollar no, pair of glasses. Either order them or maybe I can bend them back. Into you might shape. be able to we'll fix see. these if the if the lenses yeah. aren't broken. Maybe. Yeah, it's the the frame is metal and it's bent mm -hmm. when she yeah. stepped on it. I might be able to bend it back without. Or you might sometimes be able to make you try it to so bend those. And they... Works okay until the new ones get in. If you can yeah. order them again, so yeah. Oh well. That's all the news I got. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to do my news then. Um, so, first, uh, so, more, okay, so everybody knows what cow patties are. Cow so patties I guess, is dried up puddles of cow dung, right? Yeah. I guess scientists got annoyed at that. Um and they figured out what? that you can train cows. You can potty train cows. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Got annoyed at the fact that there were cow patties all over? Well, I don't know. I'm trying to imagine the, the motivation for potty training cows. Did they really potty train a cow? Yeah, they potty trained cows. They, they, no. It turns out that you can do it as easily as potty training toddlers. No. They used a sweet they treat. They hold it in? To coax the cow through the gate, 
and then urinate in a special... Oh, maybe it's not the patties. Maybe it's just the urinate urination. Yeah. It says they are at least as good as children aged two to four years, at least as quick. Huh. You know... A single cow can produce eight gallons of urine in a day. Can you imagine if your baby were able to produce that much? A kid, like a toddler? My kid eight, can. Eight gallons yeah. My in kid a day. Twelve. Think, I mean, think, yeah. of like, think of a gallon jug of milk. Eight of those lined up in one day. And those those diapers only hold half a gallon. <laughs> I know. So you got to go through 16 <laughs> diapers a day. <laughs> And, and your wife is like, what do you mean half a gallon? Those diapers aren't supposed to hold more than a cup. <laughs> I should I should own Love's diapers at this point. I have bought so many Love's diapers. For ten years straight, we were on Love's diapers. You kept... But you kept, they, will, they will hold a surprisingly large amount they, of uh, urine. They need to send you a medal for keeping their uh, company alive. <laughs> yeah. And every time we tried to switch, either something new or something better or something cheaper, usually something cheaper, Yeah. either it leaked or it gave them a rash. Every single other diaper. Loves is the only one that worked for us. Leaks or rash for everything else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can just put diapers on these cows. Yeah, loves though. It's got to be loves, not Pampers, Giant. not Huggies. Yeah, <laughs> be a whole new profit line for loves. That's right, <laughs> cow diapers. <laughs> That's those are for the calves that can't quite be potty trained yet. <laughs> yeah, they're not old enough. I just can't imagine any reason to do that. Well, I think I think they actually want the urine for something or other. Hold on, let me let me see if this says. I guess if you were, yeah, if you had something specific you wanted to do with the urine, but still, I mean, you would have a lot of cattle like in their in the stalls where they're not grazing and stuff. Now, I guess I guess the been the on issue... a stone floor and they have drainage things that I don't know. I guess cow urine is a significant environmental problem on these cow ranches or something like that. Oh, the environmentalists. They have a problem with everything. Yeah, but you know, it, it even the something article does say the, the real urine. biggest problem, though, isn't the uh, urine; it's the methane, uh, which they say is a problem because it's a heat-trapping gas. Well, I don't know, so what? Yeah, this goes back to global warming, and they're trying to show how cattle are what cause <laughs> global warming. <laughs> this, uh, this, and I see this is a research lab in Germany. And New Zealand, and yeah, these people are nuts. Yeah, what a bunch of doofuses. He, 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 they oh, and these by are the way, kinds of people who buy oil from Russia. Yeah, yeah. Well, they they the the whole cow potty training. First of all, they it doesn't apply to defecating, just urinating. But yeah, 
uh, the guy who's talking about it also said the biggest problem is they're basically their flatulence because they emit these this methane. Um, <laughs> he yeah. says they can't be trained <laughs> not to belch or fart; they would blow up. <laughs> See, I don't know. I that told just put you, an image you can't head. hold it in. <laughs> you can't. It's hold not it gonna. Blow up. <laughs> it's not gonna reabsorb. You'll blow up. I knew it. That's right. <laughs> okay. All right. So here's here's an Ethiopia Ethiopia story. <laughs> yeah, everybody's Uh-oh. just everybody's down on Ethiopia. I don't get it. it it's like yeah. it's like you just got to keep knocking them down. So, twenty four year old won the uh, Vienna Marathon. This is uh, this past Sunday. Okay. After he won the marathon, he was disqualified because he was wearing the wrong shoes. Did you know that you had to wear certain shoes to run a marathon? Vienna uh, Marathon. That is where? Where's Vienna? I would, Where's uh, the Vienna Marathon? I would uh, assume that it's in Vienna, but that's. Uh, I mean, yeah, this guy is from Ken- Kenya. Yeah. No. No, no, Ethiopia. No, Ethiopia. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Everybody's, everybody's like. Including us, because we tell the jokes and stuff. But yeah, um, I mean, is is the Vienna? You have to wear certain shoes. I mean, is it in Austria or there, or is it somewhere else? I don't know, but doesn't matter. It's in Europe somewhere. The the marathon, I'm sure. No wonder they're starving. Well, no, Uh, it's not his fault. He was just. He just happened to wear the wrong shoes. Well, it, it says... Was it says that a half an inch thicker than the maximum four centimeters. Yeah, less than a half an inch. Huh? Less, less than half an inch yeah. thicker. So That's it's, so dumb. It is. But here's the thing. So, maximum... So, four centimeters. Let's, let's say it's about a half an inch. Four centimeters. That's like... Two inches. Can you imagine running on shoes with two-inch soles? That's kind of thick. I, I, that would be like running on... I don't know. like Four like, centimeters is not two inches. It's almost two inches. It's like 1.8 inches, right? Four centimeters... Two... Okay, so if one centimeter is 0.4 inches... That would mean okay, four 1. centimeters. 6. Yeah, that's close to two inches. Yeah, a little bit less than two inches. Actually, so his, his, his extra centimeter made it exactly two inches. Yeah, two inches. I wonder, does that do something for your speed? I don't know. I, maybe it just did something. Like for if your you endurance. think of a no, but I'm thinking of um, if you think. Of the mechanics of it, when you bend your legs and thinking of 
think of a, 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 a shaft and a, a what do you call it attached to it? Um, Not sure a rod right. attached to a shit. So okay, your knee bends. Yeah. If it bends at a certain speed, your your foot might say move two times faster than it. Your foot moves faster than just below your knee. If you extend your foot, let's say you had shoes that were three feet thick. Oh, yeah. Well, now the bottom of your shoe is going to move even faster. Your stride is suddenly, uh, yeah, like, like three times as fast. Yeah. So, technically, yeah, a thicker shoe would make your... It would make you travel faster. I guess. It would. I I assume but, that's I, but, why I, the rule is there. But here's the thing: you can't run on three two inches shoes. I know, but he can run on two feet, and maybe that gives him just a split second. But uh, that's my that point. He needs is to there's, win. There's a there's a there's a thickness of shoes that you can't run on anyway. So why do they even have a rule about this? Well, two inches apparently isn't it, because that's how thick his <laughs> yeah, were. I don't know. And that, okay, that extra from, centimeter from gave Ethiopia. him a little bit of speed. I've done enough Ethiopia jokes. I I, I have to I still think him. they should have let him have it. I feel it. sorry for they him. Let, yeah, they should have let him have it. I'm just trying to figure out why you would want soles that thick. Yeah, that's, and that's the only why, thing yeah, I can think of. A, a thing. I, it could be the stride. It technically like said, makes your leg it, it a little make bit your longer, just a tiny bit longer. Yeah, but I also wonder, like, depending on the material, maybe it has a big difference on cushioning on your knees and and fatigue and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if the race is like two and a half hours long. Then that is a long time to run. So maybe it does. Alright. Uh let's see. Next we've got so you you know the Nobel Prize, right? No. You don't know about the Nobel Prize? No. Like Nobel Peace Prize and stuff like that. I know or, what that is. Yeah. That's what I mean. Okay, I thought maybe something happened that I should know about. Oh no no no. You know of the Nobel okay. Prize. Okay, yeah, well, I know what the, there is a Ig Nobel Prize, like Ig Nobel, Ig Nobel, I-G-N-O-B-E-L. Um, and the winners of the 2021 Ig Nobel Prizes uh, won them for doing research on beards. Uh, and wads of gum. <laughs> Wads of gum. What is the difference between an Ig Nobel Prize and a Nobel Prize? Nobel well, the prize. Nobel Prize is real. The Ig Nobel Prize is kind of like a spoof prize for weird science. Oh, it's okay. I see. <laughs> beards and wads of gum. Yeah. So it says that beards hey. might be an evolutionary development to help protect a man's facial bones from a punch to the face. <laughs> We talked about that once. We grow punching each other when in the they face. were I doing that. I'm gonna grow a beard, and you can punch me; and it won't hurt as bad. Yeah, when they were doing that research, 
you brought that up on the on. Did I bring uh, it up on this podcast? News. Okay. Yeah, yeah, well, I remember that. Okay, well, they won an Ig Nobel Prize for it. Well, good for them. You know, <laughs> I'm trying to figure. Out, I'm trying to read ahead. And see, okay. I think it's more like a slap in the face from women who were yeah. angry. That's why I have a beard. All right, so somebody discovered uh, from a Spanish university that the already chewed gum, the ABC gum, you remember that? We used to say, do you want some ABC food already been chewed? Uh, that's been stuck to the sidewalk for three months is teeming with nasty bacteria. He says, our findings have implication for a wide range of disciplines, including forensics, contagious disease control, uh, bio remediation of wasted chewing gum residues. How about tobacco spit? Is that I, better or worse than I, ABC than gum? Chewed gum? I don't know. I don't know. Now, here's Jeez. here's one that uh, I think deserves... I wonder if they... If, was this like a joke you think they did? Like, like a team of... Like, say, a group of students are like, okay, we need a, something to do our project on. Hey, let's do it on ABC gum. Something like that. Because I noticed it coming from universities, and it's just a bunch of kids fooling around. And it's I like, hey, yeah, let's let's try to convince people that it has forensic applications. Yeah. I can see that. Okay. Well, good All for right. them. All right. Good last call. one. This is an almost Walmart story. Walmart? Hey. Almost Walmart. So, okay. uh, somebody found in a Walmart parking lot in Missouri a necklace that happens to be an urn containing some loved one's ashes. Um... Would have been kind of a big necklace, you'd think. Well, I guess like it only contains one? a few of the ashes. The thing is, I mean, what, you know, who do you, how do you know which ashes it contains? Yeah, how do they do that anyway? You can like, go and, and. You could be. They could put anything in there. They well, could that's put true. They could put anything, but I'm thinking like they could be ashes. It could be like the ashes of their butt or something stupid like that. And you're carrying around someone's yeah. butt on your necklace. Well, I'm sure that they all get mixed up. Probably some of them are. Well, I'm sure they. But do you know, too. if if well, you know saying, guy theory. wanted to save money, he could be like, throw these three bodies in together, and then we'll just split up the ashes in three different urns, or just throw them in together, and we'll all bury them in the same plot. They could do that. Oh, you too. mean if the funeral home wanted to save money? Yes. Yeah, because I'm sure it costs money, a lot of money to run that thing. Yeah, they gotta, they've got to have that I mean, they got to get it really like hot in there. Just trying to make steel hot enough to pound on, uh, it takes a little bit of money. Now, So I, if you're going to actually burn a body. This, this must be a Walmart shopper's kind of thing to do, these necklaces with your loved one's ashes, because the woman who found it said she recognized the item... Because she has a similar necklace containing wow. her own mother's ashes. 
I just can't imagine wearing anyone's ashes around my neck. That's so repulsive. Yeah, me too. Even even my parents, even my wife. I'm not going to wear her ashes around my neck. Even my kids. Or my kids. Yeah. Forget it. I just... No. That's... <laughs> when you die, you belong no. in the ground. Yeah. Not on my neck. <laughs> That's... <laughs> do, you, do you remember that show, that Weird Addictions show? That, well, there was a show called Weird, My Strange Addiction, I think. I One of the addictions... No, I don't remember that. ...was a girl who, uh... Uh, ate her ex, her dead boyfriend's ashes. Ooh, yuck! So yeah. did she get addicted to to like human ashes then? No, I think uh, she would just keep putting small amounts of him in her mouth and eating them, and and she became was... addicted to that. Well, yeah, okay, fine. And so, but, I, but eventually, she just run out, right? I, that's you what know? I'm saying. What, what happens when she's out? It's like, well, wait a minute. I don't have any more ashes of my boyfriend to eat. I need. I, I would well, see they that kept... turning into a compulsion to buy ashes. Hey, I'll I'll buy your ashes when you yeah, die. She'll get so other guys' ashes. Them. Yeah, that's to me, that's not so enough gross. to make a show on. I would have just said, well, let her eat the rest of them, and then she won't have anything else to eat. Yeah. And then maybe she'll, yeah, you're right. Maybe she'll start eating other people. Or even people who, not their ashes, but their flesh or something. Resort to cannibalism or something like that. I, that's right. gross. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, people do weird things. All right, and people who shop at Walmart wear, ash, wear human ashes around their yeah. necks. Yeah, and they're even weirder. Yeah. <laughs> all right, that's all I got. Okay, let's see. Saint. We've got a saint here. Gotta um, have a saint. Let's talk about uh, Acacius. Or Acacius. Uh, Acacius or Acacius of Melitene. Um, died 435. Which is he a was, city in what is now Turkey. Yeah, yeah. Just to give people um, an idea of location. Right. He was uh, born to a set of Christian parents who had been childless for a very long time. And uh, they prayed for a child and promised God that if he gave them a child, they would dedicate the child to God. Okay. God gives them uh, Acacius and they dedicate Acacius to God. Uh, even, um, you know, as he became of age, they sent him to the bishop of Melitene to be educated. Uh, this was a guy named, uh, Astrichius, O-S-T-R-Y-C-H-I-U-S. Um, he was the bishop and he was a strong bishop in the area. He was very much against the uh, Macedonius heresy. Okay. Which is the, the denial of the Holy Trinity, uh, the Holy Spirit's divinity. Um, he was one of the saints who spoke out during the First Council of Constantinople in 381. So, 
this is the guy who is raising Acacius mm-hmm. or teaching him. Uh, Acacius becomes a priest eventually, and then when the bishop died, he became the bishop there. Uh, he he kind of gained a reputation as a miracle worker. During a drought, he went out in an open field and held mass. When he mixed the water with the wine, which is part of the rite, um, it began to rain and the drought oh. was broken. Okay. Uh, on, on another extreme, the, the town was about to be flooded and Acacius went to the river's edge and put a rock there and he told the waters not to go past it. The, uh, river itself changed its course and flooded another area. Um, Acacius had a temple built to the mother of God, uh, the Theotokos, which was, it, it came under attack of the pagans and it also came under attack of some of the, there was a heresy going around at that time, um, that contested Mary being the mother of God. Right. And so they were against it also. So it's not real clear, clear whether this was, uh, sabotage or if it was just not good work, but the dome of this church that he had built uh, was unstable. And during the, during the, uh, dedication liturgy, the dome begins to crumble and the whole congregation runs out and Acacius calls them all back and says, Hey, the Lord is the defender of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? So the people come back in and they attend the rest of the mass. The dome literally stays suspended in the air. After the mass, when every person was out, the dome collapsed. And the church collapsed. Oh, uh, Acacius partici- uh, participated in the defense of the two natures of Christ uh, and uh, the Theotokos during the Third Ecumenical Council of 431. Uh, this was against a heretic named Nestorius. Mm-hmm. Um, he died in 435, a peaceful death. He is not... This is the first guy we've done who's not a martyr. Yeah, wow. Right, right at so, the end of the Age of Martyrs there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is kind of interesting because here's the thing. He, okay, Protestants like to say that, that this whole, you know, Marian devotion thing is a invention and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. He Here he is in... End of the uh, fourth, beginning of the fifth centuries, building a temple in honor of Mary as the mother of God specifically, and of course that's that ties right in with the Nestorian heresy because if Jesus didn't have a true human nature, if his humanity is like some kind of illusion or something like that, then Mary wasn't right. really his mother, and so Mary wasn't really the mother of God then. But here he is building a temple in honor of Mary as the mother of God in the late 4th, early 5th century. I, I, I don't see that it's, you know, when exactly he built that temple. Yeah. He's not just like coming up with this idea out of the blue. He's doing this because this is the thing that, it, you know, had already been around and well established before his lifetime. This right. shows how ancient the idea is 
of honoring Mary as specifically the mother of God. Right. And along with the the two natures of Christ uh, being true God and true man, um, it all kind of works together. And he saw that, they saw that from very early on. It was only called and it was only talked about in a council when somebody objected to it and it was called into question. Yeah. But that's what they had already believed. And, you know, the, the, the thing is, I think a lot, like I mentioned, this is like just at the end of, of sort of the age of the martyrs. Um, mm-hmm. the, these various martyrdoms, these various persecutions um, kind of kept the church in a mode where it had to just rely on the tradition of its practice. They didn't have yeah. time to have these theological discussions because they were busy yeah. being martyred. Yeah. <laughs> Every time they got a really good Christian, he would go profess his <laughs> faith goes, to the and governor and be killed. <laughs> he might be you know, tortured and, and restored might to tortured and healed first. Times. <laughs> That's what you did when you were a Christian. That's true. You went and That's right. professed your faith and I'm got tortured so and killed. God didn't pick me to live in that time. I don't know that I would have remained yeah. faithful. <laughs> yeah, that would have been tough. Really tough. Okay, well, I thought we'd have one that wasn't killed for his faith, that just died a, a simple, peaceful death. No, so, but certainly a, a, of a good one. Melatine. Um, and a relevant one. But you're still right, in the A's, then. aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm still I'm still way in the A's. So So uh, many saints in the okay. church. I yeah, that's the oh thing. My it's, gosh. it's kinda it's, you, it's, I was um We'll never run out in this podcast. I forget what I was uh what what I was reading or who was pointing it out to me that that uh they they said like all these um like statues in the church and stuff like that, they're they there's this con- modern concept that they need to get rid of them because they're distracting. Um, huh. But y- you look at all these saints, and it's like the whole point of the interior of a church is that you're supposed to be able to feel like you're in the company of the saints in heaven. Yeah. It's not that yeah, they, the communion of the it's saints. Like, yeah, exactly. It's like okay, we're all together worshiping the Lamb, just like it describes in Revelation. Right. Anyway. Yeah, the statues I think uh, lend to that. Exactly. Exactly. I, I think so. So many yeah. saints in the church, and we ought to be, we ought to be eager to fill our churches with a sense of those saints. And a reminder that we can call on them and ask for help. Yeah. And ask for their prayers. Absolutely. That's right. That's right. Okay. Okay. Well, we this is a short one. For, I know. Under two hours. Normal. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, uh, think about what we said. And as always, circle the beads. And we'll see you next week. Bye, everyone. <laughs>